Hello, hello, hello. What up? Welcome back to another episode of The Plot Strikes Back, 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 Back. We're coming to you hot with... Oh, man, just a great movie. One of the movies that were on our top ten lists of our favorite movies. So, And as we said on that episode, we had originally planned to record this episode sometime last year. And now we're getting to it. Pre, well, pre what? Pre holiday? Yeah. Uh, it, we were supposed to do this, I think, in maybe like July or August or something like that. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yep. Well, here we are. Yep, here we are. Finally. Late. So, <laughs> yeah, better late As than always. Never. Well, better late than never. So, you know, I mean, yeah, we're doing it. So that's, that's the important thing. Um, what are you going to do? Yeah. So. It's definitely a movie that I know a lot of people are a fan of and have, have seen it, so shouldn't come as to any surprise that we're definitely covering another Quentin Tarantino movie uh, with many more to come from QT himself. And as I stated on our, our podcast episode of, of our top 10 list, I saw this movie in theaters when it came out in August 21st, 2009. Ugh. Man, so Jealous. almost fi- fi- it, uh, this August will be the uh, 15 year anniversary for this movie. Wow, so that's kind of cool. It's a 153 minute runtime, so two Not and a half hours. Enough. Not long enough, man. I mean, that's a good two and a half hour movie. I, I wouldn't, I it wouldn't, is. I wouldn't it put is. this movie like I wouldn't have dragged it out more than three hours. Nah, it doesn't really deserve. Well, it it doesn't deserve more, but like the story itself, it's like everything's there. Yeah, I, I think it's I think, just an awesome movie. Yeah, Tarantino does such a great job with the with, with like the four parts, you know, and, and mm. it's it's so well connected that I really don't have anything negative to say about this. It's not one thing, you know. I I understand if people don't like wartime movies, or you know, obviously. I don't know why, or I, I mean, I, I guess I could see how some people might find it offensive, but it's sort of like we said before, if, if something's going to offend you, then why the hell are you going to put yourself through in the first place? Exactly. You know, so, but let me ask you this though. What? Out of the, okay, well, out of the five parts or the five chapters of five, this, I thought it was four. Five. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, chapter one. So, the thing I'll say is, one, this is just a badass movie. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, and the chapter titles are just equally awesome. Yeah. And cool. Uh, chapter one, Once Upon a Time in Nazi-Occupied France, <laughs> which I think we were talking earlier, which I think it takes place in, what, like, 1941, I think? Probably, yeah. I think so. <laughs> And then we've got chapter two, Inglorious Bastards. Um, chapter three, German Night in Paris. Oh, so good. Yep. And then we have uh, Operation Kino, which is just awesome. Yep. And then we have, honestly, which I think is the coolest title name, which is chapter five, Revenge of the Giant Face. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, five chapters, all of them are just equally awesome and incredible and beautiful yeah and obviously like this movie is loaded with amazing talent you know there's just so many people on this this movie that we're not gonna go through the whole list but obviously you've got your main your main actors like brad pitt uh christoph waltz michael fassbender diane kruger daniel brule um mike myers Mm. you know there's fassbender Oh, yeah, I said Fastbender. Oh. Yeah, but that's okay. Who plays uh, Hugo Stiglitz? That's uh, Till Schweiger. Right. Yeah, like, there's there's so many people, like I said. Like, there's a lot of other noticeable actors that you've that you've seen. Eli Roth. Eli Roth, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, just... DJ Novak, too, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people in here. Like, just... I could go down the entire cast list, and, and you'd probably see them and you know, be something. familiar with them and something else, of course, too. But, um, you know, I think this was the movie to me that put 
Christoph Waltz on the radar of talented actors. I, I don't really know too much about his prior acting achievements. You know, what other movies he's done, sort of. Um, well, I think it was mostly in Germany, or I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, like, he kind of just came out in this... In this um, but everything he's been in on this side of the water, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, has been relatively amazing. You know, Django. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah Django Alita. Unchained was, was oh, yeah. you know, right, so after, right afterward yep. from, from uh, Tarantino. So, I ne- yeah, actually, I never saw Alita. I, I meant to, actually, but um, I'll have to go back and watch that, actually. I definitely do not remember it either. Anyway, part, uh, chapter one, uh, as we as you said many, many times, and I'll agree, probably the best opening to... Uh, Oh. Maybe any movie? Any. Any movie. It's so it's so intense when you know the Nazis are coming. SS Colonel Hans <laughs> the Jew Hunter Landa. Dude. Also, a little fun fact, there is less uh less English spoken in this movie. So I think could this qualify as a foreign film? I think it's mostly <laughs> it's mostly German, I think. Then there's French, and then <clears throat> Italian too. That's just crazy that, yeah. Christoph Waltz can speak all of that. It just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it just amazed me that he's that talented of a guy. He knows that much. You know, he knows what four it languages. Takes a big brain. Yeah. So very talented individual, and he arrives at the La Petite residence. He's just a, a farmer. He's a he's a dairy farmer. Yep, he likes uh, his cow milk and that's it. Has has the best around, and he's obviously harboring Jewish a Jewish people, family, yeah. a Jewish family, and Shoshana. And it's it's just so well done. And at first, you again, this is something where like obviously like the scenes are so well impacted by the score, and that's where the intensity you know builds up. But even then, you can just see how casual Hans Landa is about asking these questions and he's like, okay, so we're going to switch from French to English now, you know, not and even that. And he's, he asks, he's like, do we have your permission? To yeah. Switch? I was going to say like, he's very polite. Like, yeah, like I was going to say he, he, he asks, you know, uh, permission to, um, to have like a glass of milk or, yep. you know, to switch languages. So it's sort of like, well respected that. Oh, I'm in your house. I'm not going to overstep, <laughs> you know, kind of. Takes his hat off. Yeah. Um, uh, as proper as an evil person could possibly be, I guess. Yeah. You know, so, and to the point where he does this loop around where he basically is like, so are you harboring um, Jews? It's like, yeah. He's like, where are they? And are they underneath the floorboards? Yeah. And he's like, okay, so we're going to switch back to French. We're going to go, you know. As yeah, as uh, as normal. You know what's really cool about that scene, by the way. I mean everything, but sure, but yes, everything. It's the little stuff like uh, the farmer was uh, smoking a little pipe. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. it gets to the point where, like, oh shit, like he might actually be harboring. You know, uh, and obviously, we, you know, we pan to a scene where we see him underneath there. Yeah. But like, you start to think, like, oh, I think he knows. Yep. And then he's like, "Can I smoke my pipe in your house?" He's yep. like, "Of course." Yep. He pulls out a Sherlock Holmes pipe. Yeah. And it's almost like a I solved it kind of thing. And then he's explaining his job. Yeah. Which leads into, you know, finding out that, you know, a family is underneath the floorboards. Yeah. And, and it really just, and obviously Tarantino does a, a great job at exemplifying how, you know, brilliant Hans Landa is in figuring out. <laughs> just anything essentially yeah he's got a plan for everything mm-hmm. and we'll get to some other you know things down down the road with the movie about his sort of you know, ingeniousness uh and how he in, uh, interacts with other other characters mm-hmm. right but you know when the music just blares and the guns start firing and then it's just sort of like oh man oh my god this is terrible mm-hmm to the point where one one girl luckily escapes. 
the daughter, the daughter, and she's running for her dear life, you know, covered in, I guess what I always imagine was mud and blood, mud and blood and mud, blood. Landa opens the door. Oh, and we get such a beautiful shot shot of him just in the doorway, beautiful field running for her life. And he's just like, wow, what a beautiful view. He's like, I wonder. And he takes out his pistol and he's just like looking down. I'm like, no way he's going to hit that he's, shot. Yeah. I'm like, she's, I'm like, pull the, if you're going to do it, man, do it. And then he's just like, whoops. Yeah. Oops. He's like, au revoir, Shoshana. <laughs> au revoir, Shoshana. Man. Oh my God. It, what a, what a fantastic moment. And then you get. Of acting. You get a. Oh, a Obviously the situation's terrible, but yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> but I mean, plus I she got away. Well, you know that's that's the thing, right? Like, but she, at what cost? You know. Well, it's a it's definitely one of those moments in in the, and I'm trying to to think about how I initially felt. I mean, obviously, it's kind of hard to really go back 15 years and and <laughs> and, and think about it. You know, about how I first felt when I watched it. But uh, aside from just being blown away, but I it you know, for anyone, even like maybe first time viewers, will probably think. Does she, you know, return? Is, was she just sort of like a one-off character? You know, is she going to have a bigger part to play it in later on in the movie? Because obviously you never know what Tarantino is going to cook up. So, yeah. Um, it, it's just interesting to kind of see again where the two main characters between Hans Landa and, um, and Shoshana, how they, well, she changes her name. Yes. Later on, as we find out, but um, at the time, we want it's like the two characters. Where are they going to, you know, potentially end up, and do they interact with each other at some point again in the film? But mm-hmm. then we we jump into chapter two, which Bastards. is <sighs> the name of the movie. Yep. I love insert uh, Rick Dalton. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Um, but then, so actually interesting enough, I know before Christoph Waltz was casted as Hans Landa, um, Tarantino was thinking about getting Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio as Hans Landa. Interesting. That would not have worked. Um, I could, I could have seen Leo as more of a, uh, Aldo Rain. Yeah, character. yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't. I, do I think he would have he would have done a good job acting wise? Sure. I just think it would have been different. Yeah, which, which is very interesting considering both of those uh, actors are in Django Unchained, and the roles are sort of reversed, right? Like, well, not that DiCaprio is, is in Bastards, but with Waltz being a good guy. Yeah. Between, uh, you know. Uh, racism towards African-Americans and you've, you've got Leonardo DiCaprio as a plantation owner, you know, a slave some owner. Candy, so right? yeah, something like that. But you know, there again, Leonardo does play a bad guy, which if you watch that movie and you're like, yeah, maybe he could have played uh, Hans Landa. But again, I, I, I think, I think Tarantino got it right. Oh yeah. 100%. I would, I wouldn't question. That. I mean, he's never wrong when he <laughs> does these things. Cast certain people. Oh yeah. So we get the introduction of the, of the, the bastards from Lieutenant Aldo, the Apache Rain, played yep. by Brad Pitt. Oh, love it. Uh, I mean, there, that whole introduction scene is is great. He's like, and I want my not my my Nazi scalps, and I will get and I will my get Nazi scalps. <laughs> Each and every man under my command owes me one hundred Nazi scalps. Hundred of them. A hundred, yeah, hundred scalps per per bastard. Which I mean, that's a lot of. Scalps. That's a lot of killing. That's a lot of killing. And I want my scalps. But great introduction, you know. You know, I really think as far as scenes in chapter two, it's it's the it's the scene where they they capture some German soldiers. Ooh, poor, you know, poor guys. And uh, I mean, you know, screw them, right? But <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, Nazis are Nazis um, are bad. We've been over this. Yeah. Uh, just go watch our uh, Indiana Jones uh, episode three. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Dunkirk too. Yeah, Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah. We see a, a, a great 
a great performance oh. by Eli Roth. Yes. As Donnie, Donnie the Bear Donowitz. Jew. Donnie the Bear Donowitz. Jew. The Bear Jew. And like just when you hear that baseball bat hitting the side of that little like cellar or whatever it is, <laughs> little like stone alleyway. Way Park. Yeah. Boston guy, obviously. And he's uh, Eli Roth is like jacked too. Yeah, he, he's pretty. He's he, pretty. He's built a big guy, movie. and he he's also up, man. He's made some movies, but that is true. He, he's amazing, and we love him as the Bear Jew. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's only in a few scenes, but man, is he great? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean this this is the this is the scene where he he definitely shines the most because there's the one German sergeant where he refuses to pinpoint i refuse yes i I refuse it's like okay you're up you know politely until he went off script and was like insulting them all because the bastards are all jewish except for um hugo stiglitz yes hugo stiglitz which that's a that's a funny introduction because that's just a cool introduction man i've heard of yes i've heard of hugo stiglitz and everyone's like yeah, like, and it does the whole backstory of narrated you know, by Samuel Jackson. Yeah, right. But you know what's you know what's interesting? How that's not a long scene. The backstory behind it. No, it's maybe two minutes, maybe two and but, a half. But but do you see how well done it is? Oh, it was damn near perfect. Now I want you to think of a lot of other movies out there. I'm not going to name certain IPs because that's not what this is about. But when you don't provide a little bit of a backstory and you see just a two minute, you know, backstory about Hugo Stiglitz and you're like, oh, okay, well. Now I know. Now I know. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> like it's that simple. Not how did, how did he or she learn how to fly an intergalactic spaceship first time flying it in a unsaid movie in an unsaid IP and trilogy that we will not mention. Yeah, exactly. This. Yeah. episode so <clears throat> it's star wars guys it's yeah L- it's last jedi yeah it is. i mean force awake it's the whole sequel trilogy. it doesn't matter it's doesn't all matter. bad Trash. anyway <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish i wish donnie donowitz would hit would, would smash the sequel trilogy with his baseball bat yeah that's he also had some medals too when he comes when he comes out too so yeah i think he's definitely collecting some trophies probably i mean i would have done the same thing not hey, just scalps everybody's heard of him yeah, the bear Jew, because in you know, number one they they have a little calling card uh, oh. where one survivor. Yep, only one survivor because it's like you know, dead man tell tell no tales. So you've got to at least have one guy surviving. So that way, little swastika mark <clears throat> on the German soldiers' foreheads carved right into it Dude, and that, that, ain't, that ain't going away rightfully so so after there was two other two other normal soldiers in line one of them tries to like get up and run and then um i think it's i think it's uh Aldoran. he shoots him in the back or someone else shoots yeah, him in the back yeah someone else shoots him and he goes dang it yeah <laughs> yeah one of the one of the guys that was like, on the perch I watching yeah, I, I can't remember but the one guy the one uh i'm actually looking at his his name his name Michael Bacali is a uh, private first class Michael Zimmerman, uh, I believe. If I'm, if my eyes have not failed me, but he, yeah, I he survives. So. And they ask him like a question where, where, where like the other troops, the little man, yeah, that's what they, the Nazis yeah. call him, yeah, because um, he knows how to speak German. Mm. So he's asking them right, and the guy's like immediately pointing on the map like where they are, and he's like, it's like right here, and they all laugh, you know, and so he's like. All right, so what are you gonna do when you go home? And he goes, you know, he goes, I'm gonna take off my uniform. And he goes, and what are you gonna do with that uniform? I'm gonna burn it. And he's like, Yeah, I figured I, you say that. And that's what we're afraid of. So, <laughs> see, we don't like that. You, yeah, it's like the whole idea is to never forget, yeah, who you, who you were. Pretty much brand them. Yep, branded, and, and then obviously that cuts to an, a, a hilarious scene of, of Hitler freaking out. Uh, yeah, while he's egotistically getting his portrait painted yeah as he's like a king yeah like napoleon you know <laughs> i just love it he's like nine 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 
uh yeah but then he he heard he hears about it he's like say nothing like you know yeah like to keep this on the dl we can't let this news you know get out german is is such an aggressive language too uh yeah it is you know and, and not to say that like it can't be nice to hear it just yeah. depends on the voice too yeah like obviously it's probably better for a female speaking german than like what's her face like diane kruger you know bridget von Hammersmark. She's a German actress, I think, in this, right? Yes. Slash. She's a movie star. English spy. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, spy for the, for the English. So cool. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. Um, and then I forget. Does it does it jump to cap chapter three right after the the Hitler scene? Um, there's something else I'm forgetting. Yes, because German night in Paris. Yeah, it cuts to the film. Uh, film theater in France, where we get the introduction of uh, the uh, German sniper slash yeah, war hero Daniel, slash Daniel yeah Emmanuel film star Emmanuel, and he's basically oh my god you're so pretty I love and obviously he's a Nazi so she's not yeah paying any mind to her him which we find out is Shoshana yeah um. And then it cuts. She's in some cafe reading a book, and he walks by. Yeah, it, it's interesting how Emmanuel, uh, aka Shoshana, she just blows him off. Like he's trying so hard, and obviously she's just like, "I have nothing. Uh, I don't care." You're Nazi. I, I, I want to say she. It's like she's like, "Do you want to see my papers or something?" It's like, "No, no, 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 no." Like I believe you. Like you're. She's just like not even entertaining the idea. Yeah. And, you know, he's, what's his face? Uh, Daniel Brühl's character is um, private first class Frederick Zoller. And the next scene when he, when she's in the cafe, minding her own business, he sees her pa- as he passes by in the window. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, damn it. But then he comes in and then, again, the next interaction between Shoshana and Hans Landa is in that cafe. Different scene. Is it a different scene? Yes. Cause after that scene, it, uh, cuts to, he's like, Oh, I think it would be great to like host a German film. Oh, and that's then right. the Nazis show up and they're like, get in the car. And then they go to a different cafe and they're meeting with the mean son of a gun. What was his name? Hitler's number two, uh, oh, that yeah. son of a bitch, and everyone else. And then they're talking about the films, and right. they're like, oh, I don't want to do a film. It's too small at your theater. So they, they start talking about doing a screening for the movie about Zolar there. Right. Um, and then we get this really cool introduction of everyone stands up because Lando walks in. And instantly she freaks the she out. freaks out and like obviously contains herself. Yeah. But it's just the way he's standing because he's standing above her and then he ends up sitting next to her, I think. Yeah. And or, like, or, or like across from her or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we get the scene where, what are they, what are they talking about? They're just talking about. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, he's like talking about like the dessert or something on the menu that like those, was it like the crepes or something like that? Like apple pie and apple pie or like the, like the whipped cream or something yeah. like that. And he's like, like you got to try it. Wait for the whipped cream. Yeah. It's such a tense scene. Very tense. And then they eat it. And then it's very interesting. Cause he basically says like, I know who you are. Yeah. It, like I, I, I do remember when I first saw that scene, I'm like, oh, Tam, does he know who she is? Yeah. But like she, but I thought about it, though is he never sees her face. Yeah. Like a couple of years ago. So like a lot can change in a few years. That's true. So, but I, I always wondered if he had a feeling about her. Like maybe I, again, there was like, to me, I, I think so. Maybe I, she I did, was har- harboring Jews in her theater. Uh, A, a detective <laughs> handpicked by, the uh, leader, uh, Hitler, and, quote, placed in French cow country uh, himself, you would think some, uh, you know, a detective like that would know. 
you know, do do a little research as one that, okay, cool, that's definitely the, this family, that's the potentially the one who escaped, you know, and do some research. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that was that was such a great scene too, you know. I'm um, just uh, an amazing job in that scene for the acting just to make it so intense and to make it to kind of just continue the fear for Shoshana slash Emmanuel where, you know, it's been a couple years later. She's maybe hoping that she'll never see him again or or hear of him again. And then she's having dessert with him at the table with a bunch of other Nazis. It's just like, I couldn't imagine a, a more uncomfortable feeling and terrifying. That would be terrifying feeling. Cause like, if so, if they would have found out like she was Jewish at that table, she would have been dead like like that. Yeah, don't know if they would have killed her on sight or they would have just done something else with her. But crazy. So, um, but uh, you know, obviously, uh, what's her face, um, Melanie Laurent, who plays Shoshana, she she was great in this film. Everyone everyone was great in this film. So, yeah. you know, there was not one bad scene of acting. It's just like opinion. certain scenes. It's, you know, I wish it was longer. I wish I got more of this character. I wish we got, you know, more of this, but it, it, nothing's bad. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. So, but there again, like, I don't know if, I don't know if he ever had more film that he cut out and just never decided to put it as a deleted scene or something like that, but great. And then, that jumps to Operation Kino with Michael I love the, I love the fact that Michael Myers was in this. I also love the fact it's super cool, but like we get this really cool wide shot of Winston Churchill yes. in like the far corner of the room. Yep, like sitting at a piano. He only says like one sentence or something like that. Yeah, what's he say, man? I can't remember. We get Mike Myers. Rod Taylor plays Winston Churchill. Um, De- definitely a. Um, just a great introduction to uh, the the British side of things because enter Michael Fassbender as well. They're talking about, you know, his, uh, or rather Michael Myers is asking Fassbender's character, um, Lieutenant Archie uh, Highcox. Um, I can't remember Michael Myers' uh, character. General Ed French, or no, sorry, Fenich. Sorry, General Ed Fenich. Very cool. But yeah, you were saying it's a five-minute scene between Mike Myers and Michael Fassbender. And just, a, again, a, a, such a a great sort of Q&A between them like to see if he's qualified for mm. Operation Kino. And he's, there's another guy that's like, you know, okay, what's, uh, what, is, what does he say? It's like, it's like thumbs up or some, something like that. Oh, Churchill? Yeah, Churchill. He says like it, it, it's it's like he he, he asks, basically approves it. Yeah, he he asks a question. Uh I found the scene. Let me let me just see if I can just fast forward to it yeah, or something. Let me see if I can do it. But like yeah, he he says he asks like a question in the scene. How's he doing? Is one thing he asks, mm-hmm. asking about when they're talking about cuz they're talking about assassinating Hitler at a screening of a movie. Right. Which just so happens to go you know, according to plan in their eyes up to this point. Right. So they, uh, Lieutenant Hillcock has studied German, American, English film, and they're asking about it. And so Churchill asks one question and it's like, how's he doing? Right. You know, he explains it a little bit. And then, um, at the end, it's just, I think it's just a very subtle nod of approval yeah. yeah, he definitely greenlights the operation essentially with uh, fast better. Yeah, so th- this is definitely one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. The bar scene is just fantastic. Yeah, um, and <clears throat> excuse me, and what is it? It's Hugo Stiglitz. It's the other German guy turned bastard, um, and Michael Fassbender's character. They go into the bar. And they're all pissed because they find out that the bar is actually in a basement. Yeah. It's like the worst possible. Because they're preparing for a shootout. Yeah. Or a standoff. He's like, you can't have a shootout or a standoff in a basement. Yep. You know, fighting in a basement offers a lot of difficulties. Number one being, you're fighting in a basement. 
Yeah, uh, Aldo Reigns is not... Uh, not happy camper, he is. Not happy. So... But then we get a scene that's pretty much only in German, where they're meeting with... Uh, Bridget von Hammerschmidt. Who's currently there drinking with a group of Nazi soldiers. Nazi soldiers, yeah. One of the one of the guys had just had... Um, a baby. A baby, yeah. celebrating. Yep. Oh, God, what was the baby's name? Uh... Jacob? No. What was it? Maximilian. Maximilian. Baby Max. Cool name. Maximilian. Maximilian. Yeah, they're playing the, the card game where you like, you know, you put like the card in the head and you try and guess who they are by asking questions. Yep. You're just having a good time, you know, and then uh kind of seems like everything is gonna go according to plan until Insert SS officer. Major Dieter Hellstrom is just chilling in the back with his boots on the table. And he's like, can I join you guys? Yeah. And you know what? The reason he did it, to my knowledge, and I think, was because he heard Michael Fassbender's German. And he goes, that's not right. Because remember, yeah. <clears throat> he goes over there and starts asking questions. Where are you from? He goes, oh, I'm from this very small village on a mountain. He goes, like really? North. What, yeah. what, what village, you know? Yeah. And just doesn't really believe it. Yeah. And it's sort of like one of those things where I feel like they kind of lacked in uh, the intel there. Yeah. You know? And that was something that was a dead giveaway. He was like, oh, okay, I smell something fishy here. I got to do my part as a major. And figure out what's going on. Yeah. And get a tense game. And they order a round of drinks. Yep. And he orders three rounds. With his pointer finger, middle finger, and ring finger holding up. And the major like like he like he like, he like catches it and he's like, oh like just and like the lights the light switch gets he's like, on and his, and his mind's like spies. Wait a second, hold on here. Because what just instantly. Happened? And you know what? Uh uh-uh. it's almost like Van Hemersmark knows. It's yeah. like, oh, shit, he did it wrong. Because yeah, she, she ends up pointing out later going, this is how, this is not how when, Germans when count she's to tell, three. Yeah, when she's telling what happened to to, to Lieutenant Adol Rain, like that's what happened. She's like, you know, we don't do three with the, with the pointer fingers. We do a three with the thumb. Yep. You know, it's the thumb, middle, and pointer. And uh, Dead uh, Archie, Archie screwed up. And, and that they, was a, and they both have a pistol aimed at each other's private junk. Yeah, and it becomes dude. Hugo in, Stiglitz in that scene though, and then hilarious. he goes in. Stiglitz, see how he does into your Nazi boss. So then you realize, oh shit, something's about to happen, and then we get a massive shootout where pretty much everybody dies except, uh, you know the bar the bartender also, to my knowledge. He yeah he was getting his hand on a gun the shotgun yeah underneath the, whatever like and and he was I think he was shooting at the the Nazis I think he was too um which is interesting because I I mean it, that's sort of like you know not not all Germans you know in Germany were like well four yeah they're in uh, France yeah so that I mean that makes sense for him to want to pull out a, a shotgun and who wouldn't yeah I think I think he might have taken one or two out but. You know, poor Max, uh, you know, doesn't have a father anymore. And Van Hemmersmark is the only survivor. Yep. And the one thing that she leaves behind that is so evident and important is one of her, one of her heels. Because I think she breaks her foot or no, she gets shot. Yeah. She gets shot in the leg and then her, she forgets one of her, her heels. And then also there was a napkin that she... Signed and kissed. And kissed for Maximilian. Yeah. So, like, I mean. Nothing escapes. She could have. I feel like she could have. I don't know. Maybe. Tried better? Well, like, I feel like she could have lied better to Hans Lando when, when, like, when when he questions her later on. Or she'd be like, I was just there with some friends. I didn't know what was going on. I got caught. I got caught in it all. And then you could be like, why didn't you come report it? She could, she could have come up with something. Yeah. But I needed, I needed to get attention first, you know, like, and then I didn't really know who to, who to, who to talk to. You know? Well, 
I mean, she fucks up by not saying that. You oh, know? That's what I'm saying. She up by saying, oh, I was mountain climbing. Yeah. Really? Where? Because where would you have mountain climbed today or yesterday to have this fresh cast on your foot? Um, Again, another another easy clue for Chris, uh, for Hans Lana to figure out. Yeah. You know, if he would have had another, um, if we had his pipe on him at that point, he would have taken it out and smoked it there too. Yep. Yeah. Like, oh, that's because he figures it all out. Because then it ends up the screening happens at the French uh, theater, but they make a plan that they're just going to burn down the entire theater while Hitler and all these high officers are in this screening of the movie. Yeah. Um, her herself and um, her her like lover who also. Uh, he's a black Frenchman. I can't remember his name off the top Marcel. of my head. Marcel. Um, he, um, he's like, all right, let's do it. And they basically intercut, you know, a, a straight head shot of her basically saying, hey, you're all dead and you're dead at the hands of a Jew. And then, you know, evil, evil laughing, this, that, and the other. And then they intercut it with the film so that when they screen it, it'll just appear. Yeah, I I think the other the other like <laughs> coincidental part is there are two plans to attack all the Nazis in that theater. There's yeah. there's Emmanuel Emmanuel's plan to burn it all down because all that all like all the film is hotly flammable, right? Thirty five film nitrate, I think. Yeah, crazy. And then you've got the bastards who are like, we'll just bring dynamite into the theater. And put it up in, in strategic places, and you just blow it up. <laughs> yeah. So, like, because there's you know there's rumor that that Hitler himself and a couple like high ranking officers are are, are going to be there, you know. And again, that's where you get one of the, one of the you know greatest uh, <clears throat> interactions between uh, Hans Landa and the bastards. Well, because everybody died that didn't that weren't supposed to die, yeah. and they had to fill in because they're like, all right, I speak the most Italian. Yeah. Followed follow by um, Donowitz, and then followed by uh, what's his face, Ulmer. Uh, yep, private first class Ulmer. And so it's like, oh, what's your name? To Brad Pitt, <laughs> Gorlami. It's like one more time, Gorlami. Gorlami. <laughs> Just getting fed up. Is like you can see like his character was like, stop asking this question. And then oh, what was um. What was Donowitz's uh, name? Antonio Margaretti. Oh, yeah, Margaretti. And then he's just like, no, man, say it, it with like some, an Italian. Some heart. You know? some heart. He's like, say it. He goes, Antonio Margaretti. Yeah. Margaretti. And he's, then obviously the best one of them all was Dominic de Coco. Is it one more time? Dominic de Coco. is like Dominic perfect. De Coco. Yeah, it's like perfect. Dominic de Coco. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I feel like you know, Christoph Waltz is just you know, great. It's a well, no, well, obviously, but he's he's a he's a cat playing with his with its yeah. you know, prey, you know, yep. with, with with the mice, you know, and obviously the bastards are more formidable uh, than some mice, but at that point, they have no idea that he knows who they are or, or has like some idea like, nah, these guys are not aren't Italian, and, and then Bridget von Hammersmark, she's up to no good. I'm gonna yep. kill her next, so then that's you know when she. Goes into like another room with him and he interrogates her, puts, puts the shoe on, the slipper fits like Cinderella, and then strangles her. Yeah, and then that's kind of brutal. Yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah. Fun fact: that's actually Quentin Tarantino strangling her. In that yeah, scene. I think I knew that. Yeah, which is wild. Um, he's like, ah, don't worry, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and I'll fake kill Diane Kruger. Yeah, I know. And then after, you know, and out of breath. Uh, Hans Landa strains himself up, fixes his hair, yep. and then proceeds to make a call. Where they yep. grab Little Man and Brad Pitt. Yes. Yep. And then and then um, leave. Yeah, they leave. But then you still got uh, um, Donnie and uh, Donnie and Omar. They're they've got the dynamite like strapped to their ankles uh, ankles either they're like calves or whatever and so they also have this single shot little gun on their fist when yeah. they punch 
Yeah. It'll just shoot a quick round quietly into their head. Yeah. Which cool. their goal is to, you know, put the dynamite in there and then go up to the, the suite where Hitler is. Yes. And I believe they're dressed as waiters. Almost, yeah. Yeah. Servers, waiters. You know, in tuxedos. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, obviously we see Hitler there and you're like, oh, shit, this is crazy. And then on top of that, while we have that going on, we also have uh, Shoshana in the film room with the sniper, yeah. uh, Zolar. Yeah, he comes in like... And he's like basically saying, you know, hey, like, what, what's going on? You know, why do you keep running from me? Like, you know... He's such that, a wild know. card that ruins everything. Yeah. And... <laughs> it's kind of terrible. They end up... Uh, Killing each other. Shooting each other. Yep. In the film room. Yep. And then uh, Marcel... Yeah, lights the film on fire. Yeah, he's like backstage. Which starts the fire on the flame, and then it intercuts to the image of, the, of her, her giant face. Yeah, and she's like, "Yo, I'm a Jew. I'm killing all you guys." Yep, and starts like you know, evil laughing, super cool. Yep, and then the door opens, and then Donnie and uh, Omar, Omar, yeah, get their fucking machine guns and just blow <laughs> Hitler away. Yeah, and amazing, kill them all. Amazing. And on top of that, then they're shooting at, all, they're eliminating all of the other officers down below. Yep. It's just all out chaos, uh, chaos, and everyone's locked in there too. Yep, yep. And then it blows up. It good rinse to bad rubbish. Uh, <clears throat> and then obviously you got Waltz with his master plan. Yeah, trying to make a deal. He's trying to get get uh, gain immunity. Yeah, you know that little weasel. And so it's like, all right, well, they're like driving in the I don't know some trail in the woods or whatever. The woods. Yep. And they get to a certain point and they stop. And it's like, all right, now you, now it's your turn to rest. And he's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> it's like, but we have an arrangement. And he's like, not, not with me. Not with me. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, I forget if, I forget if little man says, you know, you get in trouble or something like that. And he's like, eh, at that point, like I wouldn't care either. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, I, I, I'm sure they still deliver them. It's like, you know, but, you, you could have your immunity, but you're going to live with the swastika mark on your forehead. Carved you on your forehead. And the coolest yep. thing about that entire scene, aside from the Ennio Morricone to play us out, but yeah, um, RP. Uh, but we also get, you know, that, that trunk shot of them both looking down at Lando going, huh? It's your best goes, work yet. This might be my best work yet. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to black. Ugh. I think this just might be my masterpiece. What a just fantastic. And one thing I'll say, and I've said it a billion times, I'll continue to say it. This is a Western movie. It is just a Western set in France during During World World War II. II. Yeah. That's my opinion. I mean, it has the same blueprint. Everything about it, man. Once upon a time in the West, once upon a time in Nazi occupied France. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You know, we're looking at uh, the cost of making this back in, you know, 2008, 2009 was, uh, the budget was $70 million, And at the time, it made $321.5 million in the box office, which is... Wow. I mean, obviously for, I mean, it's rated R too, so... Yeah, that's, for, a, that's a lot. I know, for a rated R movie to... I mean, most of them, most of uh, Tarantino, Tarantino's movies are R-rated, but the fact that that movie made so much money is just a, a testament to how how great it is. You know, I haven't uh, checked any sort of ratings or whatnot, but I'd love to see what negative ratings there are for this, if any. Um, let's see. So this was actually Tarantino's highest-grossing film in both the U.S. and worldwide until Django Unchained came out in 2012. The critical reception, uh. Obviously, you know, not that uh, Rotten Tomatoes means anything anymore. Oh, well. But, you know, they critic, critics-wise, they gave it an 89%. Audiences surveyed by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of an A- minus on an uh, A-plus to an F, F scale. So, it's like saying it's pretty much like a, you know, like a, a 9, you know, low, low 90s from, yeah. from viewers to... There's some, there's some you know, uh, I don't know, some outlandish critic reviews that I think were a little too critical, like a little bit too harsh, like not really recognizing what the film is meant to be like this one, Arthur and critic, um, Daniel Mendelssohn, uh, said, 
he was disturbed by the portrayal of Jewish American soldiers mimicking German atrocities done to European Jews, stating in Inglorious Bastards, Tarantino indulges the taste for vengeful violence by, well, turning Jews into Nazis. Uh, Peter Bradshaw, the Guardian, stated that he was, quote, struck by how exasperatingly awful and transcendentally disappointing it is. Now, my only rebuttal to both of those critics is, number one, unless you're going to go into full detail, chapter by chapter, and and divulge on how awful, oh, sorry, on how, on how awful and disappointing it is, and also stating why vengeful violence is. Well, I don't say wrong, but maybe not the solution. I mean, in some cases, it's sort of like, you know, this is also showing how how the the, the you know the Brits and the Americans you know came in to save the day twice. I don't know. I I think in some cases, like same same sort of thing. Like this is. It's not meant. This isn't meant to be a historic piece. You know, this isn't uh, a this documentary. Is some, this is an Elseworlds yeah. story. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely. Fic- it's a fictitious movie based on nonfiction settings. Yeah, you know the o- the only the only thing about it is obviously the you know the part about the baselines of World War Two, Germans, you know France, Brits, Americans. I mean, most of it is you know. Truthful, for the most part. You know, yeah. As far as you know, all of that location, all that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it's I've, just a story set in this world, you know. Yeah, I mean, because it's like saying, uh, you know, another. Um, on the other hand, you you've got like critics like James Perardinelli gave it a four star review, stating uh, that Tarantino has made his best movie since Pulp Fiction, hmm. and that it was one hell of an enjoyable ride. Then you've got. Uh, Roger Ebert gave it a four-star review, saying that Bastards is a big, bold, audacious war movie that will annoy some, startle others, and demonstrate once again that he's the real thing, a director of quixotic delights. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, there's obviously going to be some people who are offended by this movie because they're, you know, thinking that revenge is uh, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Like, that's why I feel like in some cases, like, <laughs> and and this is just, I know this has been our take and we've talked about this for, for years now about um, how one is a quote unquote professional critic. Yeah. As if they just got a job at some newspaper because, you know, they got a degree in, in something, you know, maybe it was journalism or maybe it was film school, something along those lines where it's like, sure, I get it. So with that in mind, I have a, I have a degree, I have a bachelor's in English literature, mm. creative writing and communication or a minor in communication. So I could technically Be a professional state myself as a professional critic. So, I'm going with that. Anyway. <laughs> As you should, honestly, at this point. Yeah. You know, I don't know if other if these other people have degrees or anything like that, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, great, great, uh, great film overall. There's obviously, like, a ton of, like, sort of little tidbits. Uh, like, I just saw that Eli Ross said that they almost got incinerated during the theater fire scene. Um as they projected the fire would burn at 400 degrees Celsius, but instead it burned at 1200 degrees Celsius. Um, he said that the um, swastika was not supposed to fall either as it was fastened with steel cables, but the steel softened and snapped because oh, it's so hot. So um, kind of almost deadly. Yeah. Injuries. Yeah. Like people could have gotten seriously injured there. Um, burn, burn wounds are no no fun at all. Mm. What would you sort of uh, would you rate it? What would I rate this movie? Well, 
I would say for me, this is probably. I'm going to go with a 90, <clears throat> 97, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. It won't get a perfect score for me, but I'm like right there, like 97, 98 sort of thing. Anything else you'd like to add about Inglorious Bastards? Watch it. Um, yeah, it's yeah, not well, on if any, you haven't seen it, just watch it. Not on any services, but it's worth even renting on Prime or Apple TV or whatever you use these days, people. YouTube TV, if you want that. Yep. Cable, if you're weird. Um, Maybe. But just I wouldn't watch, watch it. it on cable television. It is so great of a movie. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't heard us listen, you know, listen to what we're saying, guys. Agreed. And, uh, yeah, go see it. It's uh, almost 15 years old, so it's been out for almost 15 years now. This August, right? This, this August, yeah. Wow. August 2024. So, but yeah, I think that'll wrap. I think this that's all we got on our end. Inglorious Bastards. See it. You won't be disappointed. Um, hopefully, you don't mind the violence. And, and again, if you've seen other Tarantino films and you kind of know what to expect anyways. But yes. you know it's going to be great. Exactly. You know it's going to be a great film. You won't be disappointed. And uh, you'll have a great time. And uh, if you like it, and you uh, let us know what you think about it. Yeah, definitely. And, Hit us uh, up. Let us know. Yep. So that'll be it for the two of us here. And be tuned. Or be sure to stay tuned. Be for tuned. Some, to be tuned. Uh-huh. Be tuned to... <laughs> Be tuned to be tuned our to next sure. episode. Yeah, uh, stay tuned for more episodes. And also, uh, we are going to be adding some YouTube con- content out there as well. So you can search for us on YouTube uh, under the Plot Strikes Back. Uh, please uh, subscribe yes. and uh, check some of the videos out. Um, we'll be uploading more content, uh, you know, as we go along here in the weeks, and you know, uh, new shows and movies come out and uh, you know stay tuned for some more podcast episodes we're going to be covering some more uh classic movies that we're pretty certain a lot of people have seen so yeah you'll have uh, to check it out yep stay tuned uh for don't the be a stranger content. people yeah hit us up yeah don't be shy come coming now don't be shy yeah so but uh yeah that'll just uh for both of us both of us here on this the plot tracks back and we will see you on the next one, one. one.